Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. Dr. Charles is a doctor of osteopathy and is a WellMed provider. If you're in San Antonio, you can visit her at the WellMed Clinic at Ingram Park. And we look forward, as we do every week, to talking with Dr. Charles and our guests. We want to welcome our special guest, Dr. Carol Stewart-Francisco. She's with WellMed at Longwood in Florida, kind of hard up against Orlando. And we're delighted to have her on board. She is at that clinic in Longwood earned her medical degree from Howard University in Washington, D.C., completed her internal medicine residency at North Shore University Hospital in Long Island, New York, and her family practice residency with North Shore University Hospital, again in Long Island. Dr. Francisco is board certified in family medicine, and it's sure great to see you. Uh, welcome aboard, Dr. Francisco. It's great to see you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. How did you like living and working on Long Island? Oh, very, very nice. Very warm, friendly people. You know, it tended to be uh, geared towards water sports. So, you know, we had quite a, you know, a mixture of activities there on Long Island. But, you know, being in residency, I didn't didn't get to enjoy all of that because I was studying and working. (laughs) I'll bet. Not a lot of time to go water skiing, I would think. No, no. (laughs) Well, one of the things we wanted to talk with you about is how to stay healthy uh, during the pandemic. And I'll just throw one out. I know a lot of folks, we were uh, really self-quarantined in our home for, for about a year where we just did not go anywhere uh, for fear of uh, getting infected with COVID-19. And uh, my wife and I both put on some weight. You know, you go to college, the freshman 10, uh, this was the COVID 20 or 30. When you think about uh, all you do is eat and work, right? Exactly. And I've seen in my patients that 10 or more pounds, you know, weight gain. And uh, I'm, I'm guilty myself, I, you know, even though I was working through the pandemic. But, you know, people struggle with not resisting the temptation to surround themselves with comfort food when they're stuck at home. Right. And now everybody orders things in so you can, you know, you, it's at your fingertips. So, you know, developing unhealthy habits has become a problem during the pandemic. And, and, and this has exacerbated some, you know, very common diseases that people struggle with, like hypertension and diabetes. I was going to say one of the problems with carry out food uh, is the amount of sodium that very often is in that food. And when you order it in, you just can't control it. Exactly. And one of the things, you know, one of the advice given for, you know, healthy eating during the pandemic is to, to cut back on the salt intake. You know, you're in, inside, you're not sweating a lot. Here, everybody has AC. And so, you know, there tends to be weight gain. People who have problems with edema in their legs, you see a lot of, you know, exacerbations of edema. So, you know, those are some things that have become problematic. Now, edema means? Swelling of the legs. <laughs> Water, water retention in your legs. Uh, and, and what's the risk with that? So, you know, when you, when you have the swollen legs and if you're sitting down a lot, depending on how much, you know, swelling there is, there's a risk of, of clots developing and poor circulation, you know. So th- this is something that can be pretty dangerous. 
friend of mine who works in in wound care uh, explained to me that gravity is not your friend. If you're sitting a lot, uh, it's pulling all that water down into your legs and it's not going anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. And people get all kinds of uh, dermatitis and can get ulcers that can be very hard to heal um, if there's breaks in the skin from the bad swelling. So we try to, you know, elevate, you know, and, and but the dietary recommendations are usually what helps the most um, when you've got that uh, swelling in the legs. So absolutely big problem. Yeah. Francisco, what, what else should we be doing when you think about how to stay healthy uh, during the pandemic? One, of course, is get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. You know, there is very little that, you know, we can do on our own to in the way of of fighting this virus. But we do have a few things, you know, at our disposal. Getting vaccinated is a big deal. That gives us baseline protection against severe illness, hospitalization and death. And all vaccines that are available to us give us those three basic protections. And, you know, another thing, too, is if you're already vaccinated, there are chances because of the variants that you can still become infected. So when you have symptoms, get tested. So that's another thing that's within our power to do, to get tested as well. And the good news is, if it's good news, if you're vaccinated uh, and you do get a breakthrough infection, uh, odds are, number one, you won't die. Uh, And the odds also are you may not have to go to the hospital. That is so true. Absolutely. And so, um, but if you do test positive, that's the main reason to look and to test is to make sure that you isolate and that you can quarantine at that moment so that you don't accidentally spread the condition, spread the disease to other unsuspecting folks. Yeah. For those of you who just joined joined us, let me let you know you're listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, and we're talking on our WellMed Radio hotline from down near Orlando, Florida, with Dr. Carol Francisco. She's Wilmot at Longwood and delighted to have her on board as well. What else should we be doing and thinking about uh, during this pandemic, which unfortunately is still here? One of the things I'm, I'm stressing to everyone, too, is taking care of your mental health. There are a lot of struggles with, you know, adapting to you know, the new lifestyle changes that everyone has, working from home, you know, having to have the kids at home while you're working from home, Um, you know, being separated from loved ones to, you know, for all good reasons. So people sometimes are confronted with having many fears of, of contracting the illness, as well as the you know, the anxiety of being separated from their loved ones. So taking care of mental health, you know, being aware of when you're developing anxiety, knowing where to ask for help, knowing, you know, the the resources that you have, whether it's at your doctor's office or or in the community where you can go for help in dealing with some of these issues. If you're depressed, do you know you're depressed? Precisely. Right. And perhaps sometimes, and sometimes maybe, you know, you're feeling just sad, you're feeling tearful, you're feeling tired, you want to sleep, you know, sometimes there can be or or just having a hard time focusing, can't really concentrate. And those can be other symptoms of depression um, that some people may not realize are depression. So I think a lot of people do realize, but some people might not. And that's why, you know, we do uh, screen for those things. You know, we ask the questions, you know, hey, have you been feeling uh, sad or hopeless or alone, you know, the, all those things are, are important to ask. I saw recently a really scary statistic uh, suggesting that uh, especially 
men 65 and over an increasing number of suicides uh, with untreated depression? It's very high in the male population, yes, to, to have, you know, suicide as a big factor. And so, you know, trying to minimize the, the causes of depression, you know, there are things that will trigger depression and also push us into it. And one of the things is substance use, you know, and, and with the pandemic, uh, there has been a rise in, in substance abuse, whether it's, you know, recreational drug use or in increased use of alcohol. And some of these have depressant types of effects on us after using them, you know, for a while. So minimizing these things in our, you know, in our, in our daily lives can kind of prevent us from pushing ourselves over into uncontrolled depression as well. It has gotten so easy to get alcohol. In the old days, you'd have to get in your car and go somewhere and buy it. And now you can get it home delivered uh, within an hour. <laughs> yes. And I yes. get uh, emails from a, a home delivery service called Drizzly. I don't drink, but uh, they got me on their list. Well, they'll say, feeling thirsty, that. we can get you something within an hour. It, I know. I mean, that's, it's really exacerbated a lot of those issues. And, you know, people that because the stress is so high and the isolation is so um, difficult to to bear, you know, people have taken to drinking more um, and that does exacerbate the depression. So, you know, it's just something to check yourself if you find yourself craving or, or drinking a lot more than you used to, you may need to um, address that with your doctor and let them know what's going on so that um, maybe they can find you some help. <laughs> so I was saying the increased alcohol use can also um, have negative effects on how well we fight off disease. You know, it's associated with um, worsen, worsening of the outcomes when we get an infection or a disease. So we can have to keep that in mind during the pandemic as well. And in the case I was going to say, often a loved one or a caregiver can talk with a PCP and say, look, I'm worried about my husband, my mother, my brother, my wife uh, drinking. Now, do you, either of you get those kinds of calls? Oh, definitely. From the family members do report and we, we take it seriously. And, you know, it's a helpful thing to do if you if you know your family member is in trouble that way and they're not sharing it with their medical provider. So those are things that can be privately documented and can, you know, the, 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 the family practice or internal medicine doc can start to, you know, treat the patient maybe confront them, ask them certain questions that will help to, to sort of show how much of a problem they're having and then offer, you know, helpful advice to them or refer them on to someone who can help them. All right. Stay with us a minute. We're going to come right back to you. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. We're talking with Dr. Carol Francisco, WellMed at Longwood, and we're delighted to have her on with us. You're listening to WellMed Radio. Imagine getting control of your chronic health conditions. For 30 years, WellMed has helped patients with diabetes, heart disease, and other special care needs to live as healthy as possible. We want to be on your journey to take control of your health. Choosing a chronic special needs Medicare Advantage plan may offer more benefits for your unique health needs and can put you with the WellMed network of doctors. Learn more at discoverwellmed.com or call 866-292-0375. Waiting, hoping you 
Well, thank you so much for sticking with us right here on Wellman Radio. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, is with us. She is a DO, a doctor of osteopathy, and you find her at the WellMed Clinic at Ingram Park Mall here in San Antonio, Texas, talking on our WellMed Radio hotline from Longwood, Florida, right near Orlando, Dr. Carol Francisco, and we're delighted to have her on board as well, also board certified in family medicine. And Dr. Francisco, we've been talking about how to stay healthy, how to deal with the pandemic, uh, and, and in many cases, uh, folks have dealt with, and you were talking about uh, the stress and, and the mental aspect of all this. Uh, we also have a number of folks uh, who are facing serious money problems. Many have lost work. Uh, many people who are older are living on a really reduced income. Uh, how do you help them deal with the mental stress? So definitely uh, with that, with, with, within WellMed, the organization that I work with, or the group that I work with, we have social workers as well as, you know, um, counsel- persons who can offer counseling. And so the, we're, we use that as a, a way of helping patients to get resources in the community that might not be, they might not have known was available to them, uh, referring them onto certain agencies that can offer assistance to them. And so, you know, we have weekly meetings in which we identify at-risk groups of our patients and try to offer that type of help to them. And, and, and other providers in, 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 you know, medic, in the medical field can do this for patients as well when they see them at risk for some of these things. Because you have, Dr. Charles, uh, some folks, who, especially when they're homebound, uh, end up uh, really living in a food desert. They, they don't have access to a grocery store. Uh, they don't have the income uh, to get food delivered all the time. Uh, and, and yet uh, they are very private about it because it's embarrassing. Well, I know that, well, here in San Antonio, um, I know WellMed is also working with the city of San Antonio to help provide meals. Um, you know, there's groups like the Meals on Wheels programs that can bring meals to the home. And I know that we've got an active Meals on Wheels program um, here in Texas. I'm sure Florida has something similar. Oh, yes, yes we do. <laughs> Yes. And, and during the height of the pandemic, we were delivering meals to our patients as well. Uh, my office we identified patients who, you know, needed, you know, this type of service. We even we asked them up front and then we provided support for them. Even on the weekends, we would go out and deliver meals to them. So it's, it, 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 you have to help, you know, the whole person, not just whether the hand is sick or the, the chest or, you know, the whole person is, is taken into account. So indeed, that was a lifesaver if you can get food to them. Oh, yes, definitely so. Now, I know you also have in your population uh, seniors uh, who are grandparents raising their grandchildren who are facing even more stress. Uh, I can tell you we've adopted uh, three little kids. As uh, Dr. Charles knows, we have uh, twin boys who are eight, soon to be nine, and a little girl who just turned 10. And they were homeschooled for almost a year. We failed. We failed at homeschooling, <laughs> and I can't tell you uh, how, how I have 10-year-old twin boys, too, so I know. <laughs> I'll tell you, when they went back to school, we were so happy when they were face-to-face. Uh, it, it, it is so difficult, yes. homeschooling. It is. Well, it is. understanding the technology, I know at first, you know, just trying to figure out the computer, the laptop, this program, that program, you know, trying to figure out where the assignments were um, was a struggle. And then it depends on personality, too, because I have 
my two girls, one's 13 and one's 11. And the 13 year old loved it. She was like, mom, can I just do this? Like from now on, I'll just, I'll just stay home. I'm fine. A little introverted. The other one, no, the little one, was, uh, I think got maybe a little down, a little depressed too. And I could tell a big difference when she got back into the classroom with her friends um, and how much better she's, you know, just emotionally, how much better she seems. Well, it was so, such yeah. an artificial world seeing your friends uh, on a little video screen uh, versus actually being with them. Yes, yes. My, I have boys who are 10, 20 or 22, and they, <laughs> they miss their friends a lot. And that, that was the common complaint every day, how much they miss their friends. There was one friend in particular they had on the phone 24 hours a day. <laughs> and the big one who was 14, he, like your 13-year-old, he he loved it. He wanted to be home and his grades improved at home. So, you know, everyone takes it differently. But another thing too, I was going to bring up is screen time. You know, that now that we depend so much on Zoom and we depend so much on FaceTime and all these, you know, it, there's a temptation to spend a lot of time on, you know, on the screen. And so this sometimes can be problematic with the kids as well as with older adults too. Um, spending too much time, uh, you know, on social media or maybe watching the news constantly and getting worked up over, you know, all the unpleasant stuff that you might see. And so those things can also make dealing with the pandemic a little more anxiety ridden. So those are some things we sometimes have to counsel patients on limiting the screen time and, you know, limiting how much news you watch, you know, maybe just doing it from very reputable, you know, news stations and also limited times to decrease the stress. Yeah. I mean, I have to agree with that. I know that uh, insomnia has been a big issue for some of my patients. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, you're watching these small screens. Sometimes it's an iPad. Sometimes your vision may not be that great. You're holding or a smartphone or the smartphones. You're holding them pretty close to your face. And that blue mm -hmm. light, you know, hitting you right in the pineal gland there, between your eyeballs is going to worsen. Uh, it's it's going to make it very difficult for your body to know when to start releasing those natural hormones that help us fall asleep. What is that so, gland? Your pineal gland. And, and where, where does that sit? So it's kind of between your eyeballs right here in the front of huh. your brain. Um, and that helps regulate your, um, your sleep cycles. Yes. So if you're, you know, constantly bombarding it with this bright, bright light right in your face, it's going to be a lot harder for it to know when it's time to go to sleep. So uh -huh. we tend to struggle with insomnia. So we try to tell patients, hey, you want to start um, turning off those screens, you know, you know, around when sundowns are dimming the screens. Um, you can avoid that close, close contact right up in your face. It's better. So like laying down to scroll through Facebook is not a good idea. <laughs> if you want to be able to sleep, don't do that. Um, so you're talking about sleep hygiene. Yes, hygiene. yes. That's such a good point. Because one of the things we always try to do when patients can't sleep well is tell them, make sure you get up in the morning, go outside, let the sunlight hit that pineal gland so that you know it's morning time and you, it helps to reset that sleep-wake cycle. But as you mentioned, with the screen time constantly, then you just disrupt the whole circadian rhythm and you end up with insomnia that's chronic. So definitely having lip, setting limits is, is so important. It's interesting. I've been doing uh, medical shows for dozens and dozens of years. First time we've talked about the pineal gland. No. And yet it's so important. We need to spend more time thinking about our pineal gland. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> well, you have one, so not a bad thing to know about. I like that. And you mentioned go outside and get some sun. Uh, we live in a day and age where uh, we're told, oh, man, you got to wear sunscreen. You got to be really careful. Uh, and we end up with a, a vitamin D deficiency because we're not getting enough from the sun. So, right. There is some sun that is beneficial. You know, um, we worry about skin cancers and we've had, you know, episodes where we talk um, a lot about skin cancers. And um, but the other benefits are, for example, like Dr. Um, Stuart Francisco was saying, you know, getting that circadian rhythm. If you're constantly in, in a dark room, like I, I joke that my husband wishes that we lived in a bear cave, but um, <laughs> because he likes it really dark in there and I get home turning on all the lights and I want it nice and bright when I'm, when I'm in the house. But if I left him to his own devices, he would be, you know, in the dark, just, you know, he finds it cooler, he finds it fresher, he likes it like that. And, um, and that makes it very difficult again for your body for your brain to know when is it daytime when is it nighttime when should you be sleeping so then people find themselves at three four o'clock in the morning wide awake yep. mm -hmm. you know Perfect. if if you're not you know so being consistent like going to bed at the same time getting up at about the same time makes a difference and then avoiding the bright lights and the you know, blue screens um and then when you get up in the morning having some exposure to that bright light is a good thing it's that reasonable thing I have a daughter-in-law who struggles with SAD, seasonal affective disorder. She's a physician, lives out in Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, and has a special light at her desk that yes. uh, replicates the kind of UV the light from sunlight. Mm -hmm. You don't so hear much true. talk about SAD, but it's out there. It is real. It is so real, especially in, in climates where you have, you know, the fall and winter and things start to darken that's when it starts to kick in for people. And, and I'm thinking too, during the pandemic, when people are indoors a lot now, right? Some people yes. tell me, a patient told me today, I, this is the first time I've been out of my house since you know the pandemic started. We tried to get her to come in today. And, you know, helping patients who are indoors to keep regular routines, you know, so that they don't mix up their sleep-wake cycle, having a set bedtime, having, you know, routines for eating, routines for getting up, um, learning little simple exercises that you can do inside your home as well, so that you're getting that physical activity that's going to make you not lose mobility, especially for senior patients. You know, there's a lot of loss that can occur when they're taken away from their, um, you know, regular activities. A lot of them started going to the gym and being social, and then the pandemic hit and the gyms got locked down and they were home and a lot of mobility problems started. So, you know, finding how to get practical help that you need with transportation, if you, or learning how to use devices so you can communicate with your doctor, you know, if it's a mobile device. So you can stay in touch with others, the people you need around you, family, friends, your physician, things like that, keep them connected. Now, do you find telemedicine to be effective? Very much so. I never thought I'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we both, you know, but, we did not want to, to have to make a change. Nobody likes change, yes. but I think we've all adapted pretty well. It was a, yes. a kick in the pants yes. to get us started with telemedicine, but um, yeah, I it's think it's invaluable Because mm -hmm. you can't lay on hands. You can't touch them. But no. sometimes it's the closest you get to doing it in, in this type of environment. And they, the patients appreciate it a lot, you know, uh, when they just have someone to talk to. Um, sometimes 
you're the only person they probably talk to in, a, in days, you know, so where they see you face to face, because sometimes, you know, they're on the phone instead of seeing the person. So I think it, it, it does help a lot. I mean, that's the conflict in, in terms of advice people are getting, uh, which is you got to isolate, isolate, isolate uh, to avoid COVID-19. But you don't want to isolate, isolate, isolate because it's bad for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. So as humans, it's good for us to socialize. We need that. But right now, it's not the time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's, of it's time, hopefully, we're, yeah, we're out of time. We got to stop uh. right here. <laughs> Dr. Uh, Francisco Char- Charles, uh, uh, you're just great. Dr. Charles, Dr. Francisco, we appreciate uh, you being with us and uh, hang out down there in Longwood. Love to come see you in Orlando. Thank you. I, I loved it today with you guys. Thank you so much for having Thank me. Thank you. You did a great job. Appreciate it. <laughs> for Dr. Marisa Charles, I'm Ron Aaron. Thank you all for joining us on WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio. Imagine feeling and staying your best. If you have Medicare and Medicaid and live with day-to-day health issues, WellMed can help. Our care model can prevent problems before they start, so you stay healthy as possible. Dual special needs Medicare Advantage plans may offer services you don't get today and at lower out-of-pocket costs. Get lower prescription drug costs, dental and hearing services, and much more. To learn more, visit discoverwellmed.com or call 866-292-0375. This is UCARE's Health Plans Decomplicated, where we ride our team bike and answer plan questions. With us is Franny from UCARE. Ready to answer this question in 10 seconds or less, Franny? Yes, I am. Okay, will UCARE let me know if my doctor leaves my plan? We'd be letting you know by a letter, but also the clinics are usually pretty good about sending that information, too. With time to spare, talk to one of our plan decomplicators today. UCARE, people-powered health plans. Should we get a smoothie? Mmm, smoothie.